Available at farmnewsnow.com or wherever you find your favorite podcast. Agriculture through a modern lens. This is the AgriPod with Alice McFarland. On this episode, the return to normalcy in the United States in the wake of the COVID-19 pandemic is fueling some of the highest hog prices in years. North American live hog prices, pressured by changing consumption patterns and reduced processing capacity, have rebounded dramatically since this time a year ago, driven in part by the reopening of the U.S. economy. Tyler Fulton, the Director of Risk Management with HAMS Marketing Services, will explain the remarkable turnaround for the market and how it has been able to recover from last year's huge shock to the value chain. There is new technology being developed that would spot control weeds using artificial intelligence while passing over a field. It could reduce pesticide use by as much as 95%. Dan McCann is the founder and CEO of Precision.ai. He'll share some history on the project, ongoing research, and how it could be a game-changer for agriculture and the environment. After the break, Tyler Fulton. Digging into the topics that matter to you. The AgriPod with Alice McFarland. Tyler Fulton is the Director of Risk Management with HAMS Marketing Services. And Tyler, finally, some good news for pork producers. Um, An unusual time in the pork sector in terms of markets and prices. So maybe first of all, just explain what the factors are that are fueling this unusual situation. Yeah, uh, prices are exceptional right now would be the the best way to describe it. Um, What we've got is a a scenario where carcass prices in the United States are, um, you know, bumping up against um, all-time highs. And uh, as a result, most of the the prices that packers, both in the United States and Canada, pay based on are, are... are referencing in some way those carcass values, and so consequently, um, it's a it's a very profitable time. Um, we're we're looking at uh, hog prices that are you know coming close to three hundred dollars per pig, and um, and even with uh, exceptionally high grain prices, uh, producers are still very profitable in Canada. Um, arguably. You know, making uh, making some of the best margins that they've made in uh, well, in probably eight or nine years. How have processors been coping with COVID nineteen, and what's happening to that component of the value chain? Yeah, that's a great question. Compared to compared to last year, the comparison is stark. Um, we have seen. Uh, really uh, uninterrupted um, processing in in plants in both you know in mostly in the United States is what I'm talking about. But um, since the since the Ole Mill or the Ole West plant in Red Deer kind of got back up and running reasonably, we've seen some pretty steady um, processing happening here in Canada as well. But I reference the U.S. market because that's that's where our our prices are based on, and um, quite simply, our uh, this time last year was was some of the darkest days, um, where we were running at a fraction of what would be full capacity, 
and because of the of COVID outbreaks at processing facilities. So um, we are in a completely different place today, and um, I think that you know the the re, you know the return to normal uh, or more normal-like conditions. Um, in in the United States in particular, has contributed to, to some of these pretty exceptional prices. Um, we're likely starting to see some better demand from food service, from restaurants, um, just simply because there's, you know, been a, a reopening earlier in the United States than there, than there has been here in, in Canada. Um, and we're likely seeing uh, some of the effects of that. We always have a little bit of a lag as to when we can get absolute confirmation of that idea, but um, but that's that's kind of what the evidence suggests right now. We've got certain cuts like pork bellies uh, that you know that are are what you uh, the the whole product that uh, bacon would be made from that is running at more than double the price that it was at this time last year. So uh, yeah, pretty exceptional circumstances. Uh, and largely due to, I think, COVID-related factors. There were some significant changes in consumption patterns uh, shifting from food service to grocery. So how has this factored in and how steady may this become a result of the necessary changes once things uh, return to normal again? Yeah, I, I, in looking back at the last year, it, it's it's remarkable how um, how the, the hog market, the pork market, has been able to kind of pivot to such a a, a huge shock to the to the value chain. Um, but I don't think we're out of the woods yet. I think that we're we're likely still in for some some ups and downs and some continued volatility. Uh, based on you know the reopening and just suppliers and and restaurants and uh, and and grocery chains trying to adapt to you know the you know the ever evolving normal <laughs> um, it's it's really a difficult thing to do but uh, but they've done it you know pretty effectively and 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 prices and markets are are really what rationed that. So I, I I suspect that we're not you know we're not completely out of the woods. That we you know we can't expect to see these phenomenal prices you know going out years. Um, but right now uh, producers are benefiting finally, and and they should because it, they had a really tough year last year. All right. So what is your advice to pork producers uh, at this point? Yeah, for those producers that um, that are looking to you know hedge some of their production, um, you know hedging at at levels of uh, close to two hundred dollars per pig for the fourth quarter of this year, um, that's that's a pretty exceptional level to be able to secure. Um, but uh, those producers should be making those decisions in the context of what their feed costs are, because um, even $200 uh, a pig doesn't necessarily uh, secure um, absolute profitability. 
Uh, we've got just huge volatility happening in in corn and soybean markets, and that's obviously the you know the main costs that are incurred by hog producers in their operations. So, um, generally speaking, we're we're pretty supportive of of guys securing um, you know one you know a quarter of their production uh, into the fall months and winter months uh, at current prices, just because it it uh, it is an outlier uh, on the normal seasonal trend. That was HAMS Marketing Services Director of Risk Management, Tyler Fulton. After the break, Dan McCann with Precision AI will talk about interesting work that talks about spot weed control and how many sectors of the industry have come together to try and see this new technology make it to farmers' fields. Digging into the topics that matter to you, the AgriPod with Alice McFarlane. Dan McCann is the founder and CEO of Precision AI, and we're talking about a project that will hopefully make in-crop pest control more cost-effective. Dan, how did you get to this point using artificial intelligence to identify and control pests? We started off, uh, Precision AI actually started off uh, getting into the agriculture industry almost by accident. (laughs) Um, we uh, we initially uh, it was a friend of mine. I had a previous company in a totally different sector. Um, it was uh, with a payments company, and uh, and a, a person who used to work for me. Uh, we became friends, and he went off and got us doctorate in artificial intelligence. And we were looking for an interesting uh, application of AI, and we actually came up with an idea to to create a buying and selling tool for uh, using artificial intelligence. And uh, kind of midway through the process, we discovered that this AI was actually extremely good at plant recognition. And so the light bulb kind of went went off, and, and um, we realized that, okay, well, you know, we're in the middle of one of the largest agricultural centers in the world. We've got an AI that, uh, you know, seems to be elite at, at detecting and recognizing plants. You know, there's got to be an ag application for this. And so, you know, my family farms. Um, I don't farm myself. My family, my extended family all farms. Right, everybody around, you know, everybody knows somebody who's got a farm or farms in this area, and so, uh, so I immediately phoned them all up and I said, "Here's the idea, right? If we could use artificial intelligence to recognize each plant in the field and, uh, you know, create a system to, that could spray only the weeds and nothing else, um, would you buy that?" And they said, "Well, yeah, you know, we think, uh, you know, we, we would love that, right? We spend, you should see how much we spend on chemical every year." So we knew we had something, and then so we went off and kind of dove headfirst into the egg sector, and here we are today. So from what I understand, uh, you started this application using drones? Correct, yeah, and we're, we're still actually uh, using drones as, as part of the process, but we've improved it to, to make lives a little bit easier for farmers. Um, so the way it works is we use actually use a drone and do a drone survey of your field, um, and we've got some special artificial intelligence and technology on that drone. Um, that is capable of, of recognizing even early stage plants, um, so we can we can do this pretty early in the process, and uh, so we'll scan your whole field, and we'll actually be able to identify every single weed in that field and where its location is. And then what we'll, then what we do is we've got we call it sort of like a retrofit kit or hot rotting your sprayer. We call it internally, kind of joking around. Um, it's a kit that you can just put onto your sprayer, your existing sprayer, <clears throat> and uh, and. That will actually allow it so that when you go over your field, instead of spraying absolutely everything, it will only turn the nozzles on and off as you're passing over the weed. Um, so you're just going to spray just the weeds and nothing else. 
So identifying those weeds must have been quite a process. When I look at my own garden, I see quite a wide variety of weeds there. And it's made more complicated, I guess, because some weeds have similarities, especially at uh, a young stage. So maybe just talk about the process of compiling all of that information that you needed for identification. Yeah, it's it's actually pretty uh, pretty difficult <laughs> to say the least. There, there's all sorts of challenges we encountered in the process. Um, so the, you know, the AI is one thing, but then actually being able to do it in real time on a drone against you know, let's say have you know a quarter section of land is is <laughs> is an entirely other thing as well. So there's all sorts of logistical challenges that we had to had to work out in this process. But that's one of the reasons we partnered through this pick project. We partnered with uh, you know Protein Industries Canada and, and all of our other consortium partners, Global Institute for Food Security, uh, Sherbro Solutions, and Exceed Grain Marketing, is, is to provide kind of supplemental expertise in, in allowing us to, to help build and develop this technology and, and overcome some of these, these challenges like the ones that you identify. Precision AI, Protein Industries Canada, and uh, several other organizations are part of a project developing this new technology that targets crop pests when spraying a field. So a lot of money is going into this project with support of these partners. The potential really must be quite exciting for you, as I'm sure farmers would be anxious to see the results as well. Oh, absolutely. It's, we, we've had uh, nothing but positive responses. I mean, uh, you know, the, the amount farmers spend every single year on chemical inputs um, is huge, right? And they're spending it every year. And, and what most people don't realize is during a traditional spray application, about 80% of what is sprayed just hits the dirt and does nothing, right? So you've got this essential input cost, right? That's absolutely enormous every single year. <laughs> and uh, it operates at, you know, an 80% to 90% inefficiency, right? I mean, it's most of what you do is wasted, and that, that's, uh, you know, it's a horrible expense that they have to bear. And so if our technology can come in and, and sort of save them that money, they're all very, very excited about it, you know, without impacting their yield or having any other negative effects, because we're just sort of improving the efficiency of what they're already doing today. And so they're very, very excited about it, and I think Protein Industries Canada, as well as everybody else here, recognizes the potential. This could be a very transformative approach, not just to you know, make Canadian farmers more competitive, um, but also because you're actually reducing the chemical load in the food supply, right? You're not spraying the crop, and you're not, uh, you're not getting uh, all of those sort of pesticide residues inside the food. So, uh, you know, so it's, a, it's got sort of a dual benefit, both for the environment as well as for the farmers' bottom line. I'm speaking with Dan McCann, the founder and CEO of Precision AI. Dan, I understand this project is for, uh, I guess, projecting a 95% reduction in pesticide use. Uh, that's the goal? That's the goal, yes. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's going to take a while to get to that full full benefit. But we think, you know, kind of on day one, we'll be able to achieve about 80 to 90% and then you know, in about uh, three to four years, once this project is complete, we should be up to that 95. Yeah. And you're also talking about uh, saving to farmers of uh, $52 per acre. So that's significant. Yeah, that's that's where we're targeting to get to about that. I mean, it kind of depends on, on the crop you've planted and the inputs that you use. But uh, but uh, generally, that's the target that we're hitting. So, yeah, to, to, you know, a thousand acre farming operation, you know, could save almost $50,000 a year. And if you can think about, you know, the small farmers out there, um, if you could save fifty thousand dollars a year, that is an absolute game changer in terms of your profitability. Very interesting. Uh, Twenty-six point two million dollar project. What is going to happen over the course of this th- three years? 
Yeah, so the project goes until March of 2023, and uh, the, the objective of this is to not only uh, develop and perfect this technology for Canadian broadacre farmers, um, but also to develop an ecosystem around it. Um, so I alluded to this earlier, but it uh, but it's a big part of this project as well, is that, uh, you know, if you can spray just the weeds and not get the chemical into the commodity, uh, what you're actually doing is you're creating almost a new class of commodity, right? A new class of grain that doesn't exist. So today in the market, you've got, you know, organics, which are, you know, very expensive and very hard to grow and uh, almost impossible at broad acre scales because of all the different, you can't use pesticides and, you know, all sorts of the different requirements. Um, and then you've got kind of everything else. And that's the binary choice that you have. Uh, what we're doing with this technology is we're saying, no, there, there's a third type of commodity that's somewhere in between, you know, your run-of-the-mill commodity where you don't know what's in it and organics. And that's the sustainably grown, healthier, low-chemical commodity, right? So you know that that when you're, you know, eating ingredients that have come from this particular farm that hasn't, that, that has used our technology, you're going to get less pesticide in your food. And so what we're seeing is that... Uh, Downstream buyers right now are are really res- responding to this consumer demand. Uh, right? like they, everybody's awakening to what they put in their body, and everybody wants healthier ingredients in their food. So, it, so it becomes a competitive advantage to buy ingredients that have less chemical residue. And so, so what this uh, this ecosystem is doing is not only lowering those costs for the farmer, but also trying to create this market on the other end for these low chemical commodities. Um, so that uh, you know that the farmers can also realize potentially a premium. Right. So, in other words, for example, an extra, let's say, quarter of a bushel, as an example, just because their their commodities have low, less pesticide residue in them, and so so this project involves sort of that entire ecosystem. I think it's also important to note that the goal is also to retrofit existing sprayers. You're not talking about farmers having to make a big investment. Correct. Yeah, we, we, we found that important, and that's the advantage of being located in Saskatchewan or located is, is you, you can talk to farmers and you know how farmers work and farmers think, and having something that's going to save them a lot of money, but if they have to go off and spend a half million dollars on a new piece of equipment, that, that you know, it doesn't really help them very much. Um, so what we really wanted to do is to, is to find a solution for them, um, for the farmers that actually leverage their existing investments already, that they don't have to go off and spend money on a new piece of equipment. They can just improve the efficiency of the equipment they already have. And that's where you can really start seeing the cost, the cost savings. So, Dan, uh, a lot of work has been done and uh, much to do in the next three years. We're just really excited to, to be part of this project. I'm really excited to be part of Protein Industries Canada and, and uh, all the other consortium partners and everybody else who's helped us with this project. And we're looking very, very much look forward to uh, making an impact on the Canadian farming industry. Dan McCann is the founder and CEO of Precision AI. It's time for the weekly Agriculture News Roundup for the week of June 7, 2021. The federal government released more information on the money earmarked to help farmers switch to more efficient grain dryers. To be eligible, any new dryer or retrofit project will have a total cost of at least $50,000. Federal Agriculture Minister Marie-Claude Bebo did not provide too many specifics, but eligible projects could range from retrofitting components of an old propane dryer to the installation of new biomass-based grain dryers. The money for grain dryer upgrades will be distributed over five years. Canary seed will soon be designated as an official grain under the Canada Grain Act. Producers have been asking for the change. 
Following consultations with stakeholders, the Canadian Grain Commission announced it would implement the regulatory changes. Starting August 1st, canary seed growers would benefit from the same rights, services and protections as they do on other regulated grains and oil seeds. CGC consulted with canary seed handlers and growers to determine the grade and quality specifications. A grade determinant table along with a moisture chart will be added to the website in July. JBS USA paid $11 million in ransom to those responsible for the cyber attack that disrupted operations across North America and Australia. The meat processing company said the cyber attack on May 3rd forced it to shut down all of its beef plants in the U.S., as well as one of Canada's largest beef plants in Brooks, Alberta. Production has returned to normal levels, and the company expected lost production to be fully recovered within a week. A study on crop sequencing to reduce fusarium head blight is currently being held across the prairies at Lethbridge, Melfort, Saskatoon, Indian Head, Brandon and Morden. Each location is rotating crops such as wheat, barley, canola, pea and corn. USASC professor Dr. Randy Kucher said researchers are noting the fusarium head blight pathogen has become more aggressive. McCain Foods says all of its French fries will be made with potatoes from farms using more sustainable agricultural practices by the end of the decade. The company says 100% of its potato acreage will be grown using regenerative agriculture. McCain said the farming technique promotes biodiversity, more plant cover on fields, minimizes soil disturbances, maximizes crop diversity to increase water efficiency, protect against erosion, capture more carbon, and create greater resilience through droughts and floods. McCain is the world's largest manufacturer of frozen potato products. A study by more than three dozen scientists said Canada could cut just over one-tenth of its current greenhouse gas emissions by making better use of its vast forests, prairies and wetlands. It said a good portion of those emission cuts would come for under $50 a tonne. Amanda Reed coordinated the research for the Canadian affiliate of the Nature Conservancy. She said the biggest carbon cuts would come from stopping the cultivation of natural grasslands and pastures, which releases carbon from the soil into the air. She said keeping wetlands undisturbed is the second best opportunity. Reed said the changes could be made without taking farmland out of production. If you like what you've heard, you can rate and review wherever you get your podcasts. And make sure to subscribe to AgriPod with Alice McFarlane for more weekly episodes. The AgriPod is produced by Colby Heiss with host and CJVR Agriculture Director Alice McFarlane and is a division of the Jim Patterson Broadcast Group. Available wherever you find your favorite podcast and at farmnewsnow.com.